the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. Welcome to Season 4 of the Instructor Podcast. As always, I am your splendid host, Terry Cook, and I'm delighted to be here, but even more delighted that you have chosen to listen. This is a show where I talk to experts, leaders, innovators, and game changers to look at ways that you can improve your driving school and potentially become an even more awesome driving instructor. If you have listened to any of the previous seasons, welcome back. If you are a new listener, welcome on board. It's great to have you along for the ride. Because today we have got a very special episode for you. This is not only the first episode of season four, it's the 100th ever episode of the Instructor Podcast. And it was recorded live in front of an audience at the ADI NJC and Intelligent Instructor Expo on October the 2nd. I was joined by Richard Stores and Richard Borges of Intelligent Instructor, and we dove into all topics around first car, around Intelligent Instructor, what lessons they've learned from the expo, all that kind of cool stuff. Now, as I mentioned, it was recorded live in front of an audience, so there is some background noise. At the beginning of the recording, you will hear some kids playing in the background. That is until Chris Benson got up and shouted at them and told them to stop. Speaking of Chris Benson, Chris also joins me at the end of the recording for a special 20-minute bonus segment where we just reflected back on the expo, what we liked, what maybe we could improve, and we spoke a little bit about my attempt at recording live. And I also announced the winner of the competition that I had to see who would win a year's free subscription to the Instructor Podcast Premium. So make sure you hang about to the end to check that out. And just before we dive into the show, I am going to give you my little call to action. Make sure you click subscribe. Wherever you're listening, go and click subscribe now, unless you're driving, in which case, pull up somewhere safe at the side of the road, and then click subscribe so it drops into your feed whenever we release a new episode. But for now, let's dive into the show. So welcome to this very special recording of the Instructor Podcast, as we, it's not just episode 100, but it's also episode 100 live in front of an audience. That worked. Uh, yeah, and I'm joined by two wonderful human beings in Richard Stars and Richard Borges. Do you want to just take a second to introduce yourselves? Yeah, I'm Richard Stars, and um, I'm the founder of Intelligent Instructor, um, and I'm um, Pleased and honoured to be on this special podcast, Terry. Cool. And uh, Richard Borges, for those of you that don't know me, so I work with um, Richard on Intelligent Instructor. I look after everything digital, so um, emails, websites, um, and obviously work on the events and things as well. Uh, but you've probably heard me on various podcasts before, unfortunately. Yes, uh, you've become a bit of a regular. Um, <laughs> Uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you for, for giving me this opportunity to be here. And uh, what was great, uh, Mr. Borges, I will think I'll call you by surnames, is that um, you asked me to do this. And asked I wanted my first person I wanted was Mr. Stars, because uh, I thought it's a good opportunity to uh, to get you on. So I want to jump in first with you, Mr. Stars, and speak a little bit about First Car, if I may. In fact, just before we even dive into that, do you want to just, because I've done this with you before, Mr. Borges, um, but on this show, we speak to leaders, experts, in innovators and game changers. So I want to ask you, which one of those, or more than one of those, do you fall into? Oh, I'm not sure I'm any of those, actually. That's, that's all too grand a title. I, I founded Intelligent Instructor back in 2015, um, basically because my background is publishing, and me and my business partner, James Evans, at First Car, um, there was a good fit with driving instructors, because driving instructors are very influential over learner drivers and therefore we thought actually there's an opportunity in the market and it, and it coincided back in the day if anyone can remember with AGI News the monthly magazine that that um, ceased being published so therefore we decided actually we would um, reinvigorate that idea and publish the Intelligent Instructor monthly trade magazine so that was originally aimed at driving instructors so you guys in the audience and, and potentially those that are listening and that was originally made available in driving test center waiting rooms and we wanted to pack that 
magazine full of information useful for driving instructors to be able to read and consume. So that would be the latest news. Um, we get some uh, fantastic writers within the magazine to create content to help you guys um, learn and become better trainers and business people and marketers of your business. Um, and that was going great. Um, and then we started to do some work with Lynn, Barry and the team at the AGI and JC in terms of, I'd always had this vision of creating an event for driving instructors and we'd always had a close allegiance with the AGI and JC. But I think it's fair to say, and I think the NJC would agree with this, is that the conferences that they ran up until 2019 when we started to work with them, they'd run, they'd run their course a little bit. It was the same people, the same faces, there's less and less trade stand exhibitors that were happy to speak to those same faces and same um, people. And we just thought wanted to, to flip it on its side. So rather than charging driving instructors to come to an event, we thought, let's make it free and available. You know, And that's what we've done today at the Driving Instructor Conference and Expo. And we did it initially in 2019, uh, pre-COVID. And it was fantastic. We've got 600 people there on the day, lots of trade exhibitors. It's a real busy event and a, and a real buzz around the day and we, we our plan was to grow that but then covid hit um and so sadly we had to kind of put our business on pause for a little bit really so the magazine that we we're publishing that was going to the driving test center waiting rooms that ceased that that distribution channel was closed overnight literally that door was closed on us and remained closed on us after COVID and there's resistance quite right from the DBSA about is there it should be the pile of magazines in the test centre waiting rooms for people to be passing around or passing potential germs onto one another. So during COVID we decided actually we'll not stop publishing the magazine, but we can still produce content for driving instructors through our website. And that's when we brought Richard Borges on, on board with his digital skills. And we were sending out a weekly newsletter, but we spent more time and effort in making that weekly newsletter, which is free, um, for driving instructors to get a roundup of the news on a Friday afternoon. And so we actually saw our database of driving instructors grow from 4,000 in March 19, so the start of COVID, up to it's nearly 8,000 now. So we've seen real growth and interest in driving instructors consuming that content in a digital format. So I think the emails that we deliver, they're well read. The, the content we put on the website is, is well, we're open to ideas and suggestions of making sure it's engaging as possible. Um, so, yeah, we, we've kind of pivoted into a digital business. Um, so maybe a little bit of a game changer on that. And with the events, I think today's been a very successful day, very busy, very popular. We want to continue that and, and, and kick on next year and run a couple of those events as we did this year, one in the south and one maybe a little bit further north um, of, of the Midlands. So that's kind of where we are. We just want to um, improve driver training standards and connect people. You know, I don't know much about driver training, but we know people that do. So we've got the likes of Lynn Barry, Ray Seagrave, Graham Hooper, lots of other top speakers, trainers of their game who've come today at the conference to you know, share their experiences and, and experiences with driving instructors. And um, it's great to see so many instructors that have come today to, um, to to hope and learn and take something away. Yeah. I think you've covered a lot of ground there, but I think the uh, you mentioned Game Changer. I think there's definitely some innovation there as well. Um, and there's stuff I want to touch back on. But let's, let's speak about the Expo, because you kind of mentioned that at the end there. So that's where we are now. How's today Expo's gone? How's today's been? I think the expo, for anyone that's been here today, and, and it'd be interesting to get anyone in the audience who's listening today right now to give their experiences. But, you know, I've certainly seen it to be very busy. We had uh, a very long queue this morning. I think the Brits are good at queuing, and I think relationships have been born in that queue this morning. Thankfully, it was sunny and it wasn't raining, otherwise, we might have been um, in a little bit of trouble. But we, 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 we were. We're kind of a little bit of innovation going on today. So we wanted to make sure everyone had a, a name badge with their name on with a QR code so that exhibitors can scan that um, information. So that took a little bit of extra time to get people through the door. Um, but that, I think, was okay. I think a lot of the drone trips were patient with you know maybe an extra half hour getting through the door than normal. Um, but there's real buzz today. It was really um, encouraging to see. 
Um, and, and, and even this afternoon, there's still a lot of driving instructors around, engaging, talking to exhibitors, going to a lot of the sessions have been <coughs> packed out. We've got Love Day Rider, Chief Executive DVSA, who's talking at, at three o'clock this afternoon. So I think hopefully a lot of people stuck around for that session. Um, we've mixed it up. We've had some lot of fresh speakers. We've had a hypnotherapist talking about test day nerves. We've had a doctor talking about back pain and driving instructors, how they sit in the car and help with that. We've got a well-being area. So I've had my diabetes check earlier and I've been on the the um, the, the bike. So every minute somebody cycles, a pound is raised for Speed of Sight charity. So trying to make it interesting. We, we appreciate driving instructors. It's it's your day off uh, Sunday. So, you know, you're coming to our event. We want you to take something out of it from learning from some of the top speakers, but we also want you to have fun doing it. So we've got some driving simulators, we've got giant scale electrics going on. Um, so hopefully, you know, we, we, we get feedback from the events because we want to learn for next year um, to raise the bar again. It's increasingly difficult to do so when we've kind of got such an established event, but we're open to ideas and suggestions about how we can improve things for sure. And, and just coming to you, uh, Mr. Borges, uh, something we've spoke about a lot previously is the, the takeaways that you get from each expo. And mm-hmm. um, I know we've mentioned there about the, the cues and the tags. So um, would that be your big takeaway from this one, do you think? Uh, yeah, I think I want to mirror what we've seen at previous events. And I think uh, when we've been on the podcast before, Terry, I think as an industry, I've been in it long enough now where we beat ourselves up quite a lot, driving instructors and, and the whole industry. We know it's, it's fairly slow to take up new technology, but shows like this actually show that when we come together, we can achieve quite amazing things. And actually, there are a lot of things out there to, to help us improve standards, improve training. And there's a lot of people here that are keen to learn. So I think that says a lot about the industry as a whole. And the biggest feeling I get when I come away from one of these things is just no sense of positivity about things. Um, it'd be great if more people were, were here, of course. Um, but, you know, we've got to start somewhere. Um, and like Rich says, we've got plans to grow this event, make it bigger, better, have more things um, to, to come in the, in the next few years. So, yeah, just just an overwhelming feeling of positivity. And if we can bring in some small innovations to make it bigger and better each year, then, then why not? Cool. Uh, and just another question on that. One of the uh, the things that's been mentioned to me a couple of times today is the diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it seems to be getting more diverse every year in terms of the the stalls and the stands that are going on. Like you said, with the health stuff that's going on this year, but also the people. There seems to be a more different genders, different uh, ethnicity, all that kind of stuff. Is that that whole package, is that something that you've been consciously pushing or has that been the natural development? Or No, I think it's quite a, a good um, indicator of what's happening in our industry today in terms of the new people that are coming in. Um, I think gone are the days where a driving instructor typically was a, an elderly gentleman, let's say. Um, I think that indus- that's not necessarily reflected in our industry as a whole now. Um, and certainly you see that from, from the delegates. Sorry, Bob, maybe you're still stuck in there. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, but no, I think I think it's a much more well-rounded industry now, and, and like I said, it's great to see people from 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 everywhere come and attend the event. Um, in terms of our marketing, we, we don't discriminate. You know, we, we want, want to see everybody here, um, and, and hopefully that comes through. Um, and in terms of the content for the show, we've always seen it as almost three pillars. Pillar one, which we've done in the last two years, was all about you as a driving instructor, an MOT for you as an individual, MOT for your business. How can you be better, improve your standards? How can we help you push forward as a, as a person, as a brand? Step two is this health and well-being. So again, forget about the business, you as an individual, you know, go and get your back checked, get your diabetes checked, make sure that you, you know, we'll talk about sort of mental health these days, make sure you're in the right mind frame, both from a, I guess, physical and mental state. Um, and the next step for us is is obviously the car. Um, so obviously we're going to do everything we can to see what we can do to try and if you're going to take this day out, you're going to we know it might be your day off, but you might have given up a couple of hundred quid's worth of lessons to come here today. So we've got to give you as much value as possible to get you through that door and to get you coming back. So um, that's really our plan and our focus for the next event. Cool. And then coming back to you, uh, Mr. Stars, um, you mentioned before about the way that the your uh, custom base has grown essentially since since covid so do you think the covid was almost a blessing in disguise in that sense and it made you take sort of the magazine off the market and go online do you think obviously it was never a good thing but do you think it was almost a blessing in disguise well, i think ten to thousand people dying is, is probably not a blessing in disguise <laughs> for anyone uh, joking apart but um i think it's 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 the modern way of uh communicating nowadays is is in the digital format it's Obviously, better for the environment. It was not printing eighteen thousand copies 
of a magazine and distributing them into all the 320 test centres throughout the UK. So if we can get that engagement, and, and commercially it needs to stack up from the advertiser that we work with because they need to, you know, we have to fund producing the free content, the free conference that, you know, so many people attended today. It has to pay for itself commercially. But if, if we can engage with our audience, the driving instructors through a digital channel rather than a printed magazine, then it's, it's, the carbon footprint is certainly less. Um, and it's much more uh, instantaneous as well. So, you know, that newsletter that we send out on a Friday afternoon, it's got today's news. You know, by the time we were printing our magazine, you know, the news section in that magazine, it, it was probably a week out of date. So, you know, it's old news that you're, you're, you're reading. So I think engagement-wise, you know, digitally is, is the future. Um, and we're looking at ways that we can improve that. So... We sent out an SMS to all our registered users to remind them about today's event um, earlier in the week to encourage people to turn up to our event. Because interestingly, you know, we had 1,200, 1,300 people registered to come to today's event, but we know historically only 50% of those people roughly will turn up. And it always puzzles me why that is. I know it's a free event, so if something better comes along or you can't be bothered or maybe you've had one or two drinks too many the previous night, you won't turn up to the event. But it's always interesting to see those stats that half the people don't come to our events. We're always looking at how can we encourage those people that do sign up to come along to the event. So, um, yeah, I think I think digitally is, is, is the way forward and we want to build on that. So we've got a, a Facebook group of 5,000 and we put new stories in there and we put updates from the DVSA in there regularly. And, you know, I think the drive instructor demographic i'm in my mid-40s now i think they are more facebooky type people um i don't think you find that many people on tiktok or snapchat or you know um so yeah we, we kind of move in with the times and we want to grow that social audience as well and and equally you know we've got the intelligent structure awards which we launch next month and we've run that for three four years now and, and pre-covid we had a big uh, awards dinner, sit down dinner, three course with a band, and uh, it was a brilliant occasion. But we moved that to a digital format um, because of COVID, because it wasn't definitely not the right thing to do. Get two, three hundred people in a room um, having drinks and socialising. Um, so we moved that to a digital format, and by doing so, we've managed to in- increase the engagements. We got seven or eight thousand ADIs voting on those um, award categories last year in conjunction with a judging panel and we blended the results to find out the overall winners in different categories um, but that's just another uh, example of how by looking at it through a digital lens it can actually be you know, viewed in a positive light So again you mentioned there about the, the people that don't turn up, that sign up and then, and then don't turn up. This year you're, you've done the badges so you'll, almost, you'll know the people that haven't turned up. Are you going to be following up on those to try and find out why you're yeah, we do. We do. Um, we do contact them after the event, and everyone who turns up to today's event, we do contact those people, and there'll be an email going out this evening while the event's fresh in people's minds, and we ask for feedback. So we want all our speakers to be, um, you know, those sessions. We want that feedback. We want to, you know, understand who's been good, indifferent, not so good, so we can invite, you know, the good ones back and feedback to the other ones in ways in which they can potentially improve. But equally, we want to know about. You know the, the the layout of the expo, the timings. The, you know, is Sunday the best day to run the event? You know, what was what was good about on-site facilities like the catering and things like that. So we're really keen to get that information from the delegates that turn up on the day. But equally, we do contact those that didn't turn up on the day who, who actually aren't that responsive. But we're just interested to know why they didn't turn up because you know we want to improve on that next year. We want to you know if they've signed up, there's obviously they're they're interested in the event. It's just that they haven't turned up for whatever reason, and we do that every year. And in, in the some of the um, reasons we get is that the cat's died, or totally forgot about the event, or can't be bothered, or um, you know. So, so I think that will always happen because it's a free event, and we've thought about well, should we charge everyone at registration five pounds to come, and you get your five pound back as a voucher on the registration desk? So we've got a better idea. But you know, we don't want to put those barriers in place for all those people that do turn up and we want it to be free and we want it to be totally free. Um, 
it's probably something that we just know that half the people that sign up won't come along on the day. Um, so yeah, it's just that's just one of those things, I think. Yeah, and coming back to sort of intelligent instructor, you two are kind of the, the key pillars there. Um, very different personalities. How do you work together? How does that work? Well, I'll, I'll jump in here, Rich. Richard's my right hand man, and, and Richard's got a really good skill set, which I really, really value. So, Richard had 10 years at BSM and AA, so he knows the driving instructor world very, very well, and he's got a unique blend of digital marketing skills, which I don't have. So, you know, as Richard touched on earlier, he's, he looks after all the digital touch points with instructors from sending out emails to collating the delegate server that'll go out this evening to creating the uh, marketing materials to running the website, uh, managing the Facebook groups, posting it on other uh, social media channels and, and that sort of thing. So I really do value Richard's skill set. And I think, you know, when, it, when, any, when you are in business with anyone, I think having a different skill set with your um, the people you work with is really important. If you kind of both got the same skill sets, then you're kind of missing out on uh, you know the overall package. And we are a small team. You know, you might think, oh, intelligent structures a huge operation to pull off this huge event and run the website, send the newsletter out, and all that. Well, it's not really. It's it's myself and it's Richard doing the digital marketing and. And then, you know, we've got the help from the NJC and a lot of volunteers today from the NJC. So we couldn't put on today's event without their help and their routes to market through their marketing channels. Um, and then we've, we've got Paul Caddick who um, edits the magazine, uh, sorry, edits the website for us. Um, Rachel, who helps do the commercial um, elements on the um, selling the stands and the sponsorship packages. Um and then I even dragging my wife to help with the events to make sure that, you know, we get the little things like getting all the exhibitors today, they make sure they get a, um, a lunch bag and we make sure that, you know, that if they're a vegan or a vegetarian or they don't eat fish, they get the right lunch bag. So we want to make it as easy as possible for all the little thing, little attention to detail like that, I think makes a big difference on the day because what we don't want is the exhibitors today queuing up for 10, 15 minutes to get a sandwich from the, the shop we just want to make sure they're efficient with their time because we appreciate it's a, a big investment for them to come today my uh, my wife used to do all my editing uh, to call my spelling and grammar so you can expect there'll be loads of spelling mistakes on my stuff going forward now um, Mr Borges uh, how would you find working with Mr Stars? yeah I guess what he's obviously Give me a glowing reference, so thank you very much for that. Um, I'm not sure how much of that is true, but I'll take it. Um, but no, I, I think, you know, outside of the professional relationship that we've got, you know, we're, we're just two people, we, uh, we meet up for a beer, and, and I think it's something that, again, I, I'll use our experience to share with you guys. If if you're part of a, a, a local um, group or you're part of a small driving school, um, obviously now that we've come out of COVID, take every opportunity you can to meet up, have a drink. You know, those those moments are really, really important. Even if it's not about work, you know, sometimes we clash. Of course we do. You know, that's that's part of business, and um, we sort of have to remind ourselves we might not see each other for three, four months, other than on these screens. And we think, well, actually, sometimes it's worth just going and have a beer and having a chat, talking about football or whatever else. And um, it, it, it's incredible what it does for your working relationship after that. You just sort of, all those little bits that used to annoy you, you think, well, actually, no, it's, it's all right sort of thing. It's amazing. So, um, yeah, no, like I said, we got on really well um, and things are going straight to strength. So uh, and I think that, that blended approach has is, is worked really well. Cool. Um, one of the other things which you mentioned there was the, the awards. And we've spoken about this before. And I, I love talking about uh, awards because they... It seems to divide the industry. You know, you get a big section of people that are positive behind them and you get the big section of people that are negative. So, and I know I've asked you this before, but I'm interested to ask again, um, why do you think it does divide the industry? Well, I think there might be some sore losers out there. <laughs> um, you know, and we, we are truly independent. So, you know, we have been offered bribes in the past. Joking, half joking. <laughs> in the past. Half but it's, joking. <laughs> but it's, um, you know, we... We, we really think the only, the, the only way the awards stand up is by being credible. So we have a wide range of, I think this year we've introduced two or three new categories, like Eco Driving School or Instructor of the Year. I think we've got to move with the times and, and do that. We've kind of got Local Community Champion of the Year. That's a new category this year as well, as well as the ADI of the Year, which is really important. Um, and then the key industry suppliers, we want to reward those 
Um, as, as, as Michael from God Road just walked in, the, you know, award winner just come in for that bit. Uh, good timing, Michael. Um, but um, but we 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 want to remain credible and will remain credible. So what we do is we have an independent um, judging panel. So they will look at the awards um, themselves and they'll rank those in the various different categories. And then equally, majority of the other awards, we'll ask for the um, AGI public to vote for. So we'll promote that via our channels. The NJC get behind it, they'll promote it via their channels. Those that are shortlisted will promote it to their channels to encourage people to vote for them, of course. But we don't want the biggest companies to win those awards just because they're the biggest. So that's why I have a blended approach. So we'll blend the, the scores from those ADIs versus, you know, in terms of rankings, and then we'll do that with the judging panel. And, and it's that blended first, second, third. Um, whoever comes out top there comes out top. And we utilise the first car relationship. So first car, you know, I help run first car, the young driver brand. And we've got 100,000 young drivers on our database and we'll email those to encourage them to put forward their driving instructor of the year and we have set criteria of you know okay you're going to re recommend your particular instructor but then we have five different categories of, of, of why they should be judged to be the winner so it's because we, we when we did the first set of awards back in 2019 we asked for a driving instructors to nominate themselves and I think you guys are probably quite shy and um, don't want to put yourself forward because you're only doing your job type thing so we didn't get too many um, people putting themselves forward but then when we flipped it and got the young drivers well absolutely I'd love to put my driving instructor forward you have that special bond with the driving instructor so we got hundreds and hundreds of nominations so now we've got a um, top 100 league table which we uh, did that for the first time last year in terms of innovation did that last year so we've got a top 100 and we'll replicate that again this year and um, we'll, we'll be publishing that when we do the results um, in February March time of next year so yeah we want to reward the best driving instructors and we want the learners to put those names forward really so um, yeah you do a good job and you want rewarding and if you think it's a, a nice thing to do to pay back to the industry uh, you mentioned first car again there. I just want to touch on that for a moment. Uh, and kind of two-part question for you. I just wonder if you can tell us the, the sort of the purpose behind first car, why, why that's there, but also how it can benefit us as ADIs. So first car, I don't know if ADIs in the audience know, you might have seen the magazines in the test centres. So um, first car set up by my business partner, James Evans. So when he was in sixth form common room, he was struggling to find the information to help him through his learning to drive journey. And he's quite innovative and, and, and forward thinker. So he created a magazine. I think he had a collection of his girlfriend at the time on the front cover over the first two or three years. And, and then he started to work with me. And we started to bring a little bit more professionalism into how we publish those magazines. But, um, yeah, that, that, that magazine basically, it, it, it was sold to and still is sold to road safety teams in county council. So when those county council road safety teams go into the schools and colleges because young drivers are the highest risk uh, road users and still are, those local authorities do a lot of work into this education system to try and get into the thick schools of those 17-year-olds to you know help educate them to be safer drivers. So we still sell about 100,000 copies a year of the original first car it's the Young Driver's Guide magazine to those local authorities and they distribute them at schools, colleges, various different events. But we've also branched out and do a lot of other uh, work within road safety. So today, for example, Leicestershire Fire and Rescue have got their virtual reality van outside. Uh, we help create the world's first virtual reality film with Leicestershire Fire and Rescue Service. And that's been viewed over 10 million times on YouTube. And I encourage anyone here today to go and have a look at that video. It's really... Um, mind-blowing really um, but yes we also publish the magazines which go into the test centres so driving examiners will hand the first car practical magazine to the um, the candidate when they finish their driving test and also we produce a magazine called first car theory which is handed to each learner when they collect their theory test results and within those magazines there's some dedicated road safety content which is blended with other information which is relevant to them, like buying a car and explaining what insurance is and basic maintenance advice and 
we do like a win a car competition and loads of other prizes that you can spin to win for free and um so yeah that's the first car ethos but yeah that that blends in nicely with the intelligent structure work because you know there's there's a lot of young um a lot of companies who want to connect with young drivers and will use the influential driving instructors because i'm sure you guys are asked a lot about you know what insurance company shall i go for what car shall i drive and you know that bond that the driving instructor has uniquely with the young driver you know it's 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 very unique and and very very strong so um that's why the first car and the intelligent instructor brands work quite well together actually Awesome. We've got a few minutes left, so I'm going to throw this open to the audience. I hope you guys don't let me down. Does anyone have any questions for Richard or Richard or potentially even me? Oh, we've got one at the back there. All I can say is I've been in the industry over 40 years, and I think the digital change has saved this industry because it was, as you say, very difficult to get information out on time for the benefit of the ADI. And it's, I feel now as I leave the industry, it is in a better state than it was. But it's still got a long way to go. And I say this quite seriously, the biggest enemy the industry's got is the ADI. For some peculiar reason, he doesn't believe he needs people like yourselves, people like associations, to help them through the difficulties we face. And we are going to face the industry a lot of changes over the next few years. But believe you me, as I leave it, I think it will happen, and I want to see it happen. I thank you, gentlemen, for doing just that. If you want to come back to that. No, no, absolutely. I think it's probably worth a round of applause. Um, I think I might have just found my next guest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's wrap it up there then. So do you guys want to just tell us quickly where people can find you, where they can find First Car, Intelligent Instructor, that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, First Car, you can go to our website, firstcar.co.uk. You can find the magazines in the test centres. Um, we've got a whole bundle of magazines for you to take um, uh, the entrance when you leave to, to distribute and give out to your learner drivers for free. Um Intelligent Instructor, you can sign up for free to receive our weekly newsletter. We've got 8,000 instructors on there who receive that every week. Um, so intelligentinstructor.co.uk. Uh, you can search for Intelligent Instructor on Facebook and join our Facebook group. We've got 5,000 there. Um, and most will probably on our database anyway from our events. So we'll keep you updated on our planned events next year. We're planning to, if anyone came to the Kempton Park, event we ran in uh, spring of this year but we're planning to go back there in April next year and, and, and do more of the same and then we're probably going to be moving in fact we are going to be moving from this location to the Newark Showground um, in Nottinghamshire uh, to run the National Conference in October it's just a bigger location I think we've got real growth plans to make this event bigger and better for next year um, and then yeah look out for the awards which launch next month um and they're free to enter and and you know young learners will probably get some communication from us to ask them about they got a good instructor to nominate but um yeah we, we that's where you can find first car and intelligent instructor anything you want to tag on to that no just thank you very much for, for coming along thanks very much for having us on um and obviously thank you everyone for, for coming along today it's a great day yeah uh yeah thank you too for joining me and thank you for giving me the opportunity to do this live it's been uh, been fun Hope you enjoyed that live episode. It, it was my first ever time doing it in front of an audience, and you can probably tell I was a tiny bit twitchy. But either way, thank you to Richard and to Richard for giving me the opportunity and for joining me, and I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. As always, all feedback is welcome. Now, just before we dive into the second part of the show, where Chris Spencer joins me to reflect back on the expo and I announce a winner of the competition I just want to take a moment to give a big shout out to my premium subscribers I like to give a shout out during the episode to everyone that signed up and since it's between seasons there's quite a few so I'm going to spread these out over this episode and episode two but big thank you to Craig Preedy, Sarah Hyam, Joe Wilson, Anne Tibbetts, Paul Adams, Sam Nicholson, Ian Jones and Sarah Baldock. 
all these guys recently signed up to the Instructor Podcast Premium and they are making the most of a whole host of benefits and a wealth of content over there. If you would like to join up, the best way, you can use a link in the show notes or head over to theinstructorpodcast.com and you can check it out all over there. If you want to find out more, hang about to the very end of the show and I'll tell you a little bit more. But we're now going to dive into this bonus bit where myself and Chris Spencer reflect on the expo. Just before we do, want to make you aware the audio on this recording isn't as good as I would like it normally. Full disclosure, this was recorded in my new flat and I didn't appreciate the effect that the high ceilings would have on this audio. So the voice does sound a bit echoey at times, but it does get better as we get into it. So yeah, take a moment, have a listen, and I hope you enjoy. So you have just listened to the live recording of episode 100, and that was at the Intelligent Instructor and ADI NJC Expo. And here to join me and to have a little discussion about the event in its entirety is uh, DITC Supremo, uh, or Joint Supremo, uh, Chris Spencer. How are we doing, Chris? All, all is good. All is good. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been uh, interesting. I, I, I love not knowing what it's all going to be about until you get there. What was it all about? Um, I... What a lovely bunch of people all in one place. Um, I ha- having having you know raised the question of the diversity inside of our industry and uh, you know where where we are engaging. The if I go back, my first ever conference was an ADI and JC conference, and it was a bunch of white men um, of all about the same age. I was the youngest in the room, I think. Um, all sat around being lectured at. Uh, that is not the event that was on Sunday. It was, you know, di- a diversity of people in the industry, diversity of products, um, awesome ways that we can all better ourselves and, and do the job better. And it, it didn't reflect anything that, you know, we'd got used to seeing. And yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed having a wander around and um, there was some really good ice cream as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing because I, I, I'm just flashing back to uh, attempting to give you your ice cream back, which, which turned out to be um, like a napkin rolled up in a bowl, <laughs> which I didn't realise. So that was a, a nice treat for you. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was um, relevant to just reflect back on it because it's a, it's an event that we both attended and this is the only one we both attended this year. So I thought it was a, a good opportunity to reflect. And, and, and one thing you said there was, was what a lovely bunch of people. And I'd not really thought of it like that before. I'd not taken that that viewpoint of it, but clearly you are you are right. It's just such engaging, pleasant people. I mean, there's probably odd knobhead somewhere sneaking in. Um, and generally they say that if you can't find a knobhead, you're the knobhead. So there we go. But it was just everyone's really welcoming, everyone's really friendly, and everyone's really helpful, and everyone's there looking to learn. And it doesn't ever feel like anyone is you know, I'm presenting, so I'm above you, or I'm doing this, I'm above you. It feels like someone presenting might then come and watch someone else's show or something like that. Is that the same sort of vibe you've got? Yeah, I I found this weird thing, um, which I've had to kind of just build into what I do, where I have to invite people to come and say hello to me. I spoke to another one today who said, oh, I saw you at the show, but, you know, I, I didn't want to interrupt. And it's like, I go along to talk to people. That's that's why I'm there. I want to engage. So I almost have to invite them and say, yes, you know, give me a call. Here's my number. Um, I, I like talking to other instructors and, and, you know, being helpful, pointing them in the right direction or, or me learning something. So I find it a bit strange um, as I'm walking around, but I always apologize to the people I know because they're the ones I won't go and talk to. Uh, I try to identify the people that I don't know that want the conversation. Um, and out of all of those, yeah, absolutely engaged, wanting to know more, asking questions, excited about what there was. Um, from so we had, um, you know, the the, the apps. Um, uh, I sat in the presentation from My Drive Time Two. That's all I can tell you because it's all 
top secret still. Um, but the new version of that coming through. Um, go roadie, although I didn't get to talk to the guys. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I kept trying to. Um, and then uh, a, a new app that's like Uber for driving instructors. I don't know if you saw that one. Um, that is interesting. I don't know if it's good or bad. I, I don't know if it's positive or not. Um, I'm really interested in what's going to happen with it. Um, and then the DVSA were there being really engaging and TSO as well with you know the books, uh, Driving Essential Skills, Highway Code and such. And just the appetite around each of those stands for kind of, you know, how can I bring more into what I do? Um, and it was, it was, yeah, it was really engaging as a day. I, I, yeah, I, I, if I'm honest, I was hoping to be away by midday, um, but there was some bearded guy recording a podcast that I felt I should go and uh, have a listen to. So I, I extended my day a bit, but I'm really glad I did. Uh, it was good. And I think I was one of the last ones there in the end. <laughs> I ambled out the door to an empty car park. Some handsome bearded guy, Chris. Handsome bearded guy. Uh, but no, just just on that, actually, uh, and I'm sure I'll speak for several not several, a lot of people, when, when I say this, but I appreciate you as the DITC holding or staying back for the Love Days, um, I'm going to say performance, maybe that's the wrong word, presentation. And, and you sort of put in a briefing out over on the DITC Facebook page. So if anyone hasn't checked that out, go on, you can see a bit of a briefing about what Love Day was speaking about. But just on Love Days, anything that, that caught your eye in particular there? She, uh, she's better at the job. She, she understands the job more. When I first spoke to her, which was the, the last conference at Coventry, uh, when she'd first come into the job, all credit to her, she you know, she put her neck on the block by turning up in the room because she didn't really, hadn't figured out what was going on. Um, this time she did open Q&A. So, you know, a couple of times she she pushed it across to other people because it was too specific for her. But she 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 clearly has started, you know, taking it on and is understanding things. She was explaining how just because you're the CEO doesn't mean you can actually do anything necessarily and that it all comes down to, to government and that she hasn't even met the, the new uh, roads minister, um, you know, yet she's trying to. So I, I thought she was great. I thought she was really engaging. Um, I just want to see some changes you know, but it's nice to hear it from the horse's mouth and know that they are aware of those things. And and looking at how they see it as well, uh, the booking system, you know, the fact that actually they're not anti-test um, swapping systems. They're, they're anti-tests being sold for, you know, 10 times the, the value. But the test swapping, they can't provide it so they're happy for someone else to at a reasonable fee. So it was just, you know, it was it was good. I, yeah, I I, I rate her. Um, I just want to, you know, I, I want to see some action and changes. But we're looking at the, uh, the they're looking at the booking computer system. That's going to take a good while. That's you know, that's not going to be this year. Um, but they the changes to audit they're looking at the beginning of next year. Um, and I think that will will prove whether whether she's got teeth and whether she's managing to actually make any big changes. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't stay for hers. Um, I went along to it, but my hearing's not great and I couldn't make out what she was saying. And I was feeling a bit rough by that point. It's like, I'm going. But thankfully, as I say, we've got the, the good folk at the DITC. They're able to, to update us. Um, any other highlights from the day before I share mine? Um, no, I had a chat. Uh, hopefully the DITC are going to speak to a contract lawyer and, and see if we can get some guidance because I know that's one of the things that people coming into the industry or people signing up to driving schools um, often end up signing a contract that they haven't read or haven't understood. Um, so that was really good from our perspective. Uh, we're hoping to have some uh, some good contacts coming through. The... the solicitors there were about injury but they they know some contract people so they're going to put us in touch um i'm, I'm really excited to see what happens with the what i'm calling uber for driving instructors so someone will buy a buy a lesson and it's not 
a lesson with you. They just say, I want a lesson. And the instructor pops up on their screen. So yes, I'll accept that one. And you go and deliver it. Um, the concept is something I've said a few times. It, you know, I seeing how Uber works um, and I did a lot of taxi training. So I was always interested. Um, I'm not surprised. I, I said it was going to come into the industry in some way. I, I'm really intrigued as to whether it's going to be a positive or a negative, um, whether it's it's something that we could we can make work for us, or whether you know actually it will work against us. Um, are you going to get people saying, "And now I want to, to do my test," but um, I'm going to have a chat with the guy who's who's running it and uh, just dig a bit deeper. Um, but I think even if it doesn't work, it could raise some really interesting questions about the model that we that we work to. Um, so they were probably my highlights. And I had a lovely chat with um, Peter Harvey from uh, MSA, um, so, which is always, always a pleasure because he's too far north and I, I normally only see him on a Zoom screen. So, um, so yes, uh, that, was, that was also a highlight. Yeah, I think um, it is going to be interesting, the, the Uber for driving instructors. I think the demand from students is going to be, I think like you mentioned, tests and that could be something that they potentially will do in the future, uh, you know, but then it'll be a case of which instructor sign up to that. And I think, imagine at the minute if that's how your business was. As an instructor, if you're like, yep, yeah, you pay for three hours, I'll take you to your test, but if you don't meet the criteria in your first nine minutes, you're still paying, but you're not going. And imagine if that was a service and that you could just click for. I reckon that driving instructors could make a living just doing that. Um and I'm sure some are at the minute, but just not as efficiently as using the app. So that, that could be an interesting one going forward. I mean, for me personally, I think that uh, there was a lot of good stuff down there, but on a, a very selfish and personal level, it was a number of people that come and found me to say how much they enjoyed this podcast. Um, so first of all, for anyone listening, thank you for listening. And for anyone that did come up and, and, and say, tell me how much you enjoyed it, you know, thank you because... It's, it's why I do it. You know, there were people that come up to me saying, you know, this has changed the way that I teach. It's changed the way I do my business. Um, people come up and said that they've stayed in business because of this. Uh, or not stayed in business because it's given them the impetus to stay in business. And uh, I just found that really rewarding and really refreshing. So a, a big thank you. Uh, met some awesome people, obviously. Uh, yourself, Chris, who gave me a, a wonderful uh, birthday present, uh, which <laughs> people can't see. But... Um, yeah, and, and obviously, like so Bob, um, and not uh, Bob. When we say Bob, we know what we're talking about. Everyone knows Bob. There's only one Bob. <laughs> also, a little shout out to <laughs> little shout out to um, to Graham Hooper, uh, who took a bit of time out of his day to come and check in on me, which is always nice. Um, but speaking of people coming and finding me, I did run a competition. And if you took either a selfie with me or took a picture of me on stage or recording a podcast, that I would um, give someone that did that a, a year's subscription to the Instructor Podcast Premium free of charge. And uh, I can announce the winner. And you know, uh, the winner is someone now. Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, you can get access anyway. <laughs> the, the winner uh, that wins a year's free subscription to the Instructor Podcast. Uh, it's someone that you do know, Chris. It's Kev Brock. Oh, uh, Kev Brock. He um, does a lot for the yeah, does a lot for the industry himself. Uh, did the ARG support group, and he's now doing the cost of living support group for driving instructors. Um, but yeah, uh, someone come over and said hello. We didn't have time for a selfie or time for a chat, but then he's not want to be on stage. So uh, Kev gets the years free subscription. So, but only if he's listening. If we don't listen, then he don't get it because I'm not going to message him. So, you know. <laughs> And it starts now. So if you wait three months, it's lost three months. But yeah, so a big well done to Kev and everyone actually that, that come down and said hello and took a selfie. Really, really appreciate it. Um, in fact, what I will do, all the current members that took a selfie post on social media, uh, they'll get a free month. Um, I'll give them a free month anyway for the current members, not new. Uh, okay, cool. Um, let's just touch on that then for a second because I mentioned about me being on stage. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about the panel shows because I was just presenting them, uh, but there were some awesome guests there and it was good to see the numbers get up. In fact, we will touch on this because uh, there were two panel shows and the first one, there weren't a lot of people 
watching and maybe 20 to 30. The second one, that may be doubled somewhere to 30 to 50. And then by the third one, which I think was Quinton Wilson, I think you're then getting big numbers. But part of that was down to the fact that there was a bit of a queue to get in at the beginning of the day, uh, which if you've listened to the first part of the podcast, you'll have heard Richard and Richard talk about. I think that would probably be my only on the day, but I know you already put a positive spin on this, Chris. So there were queues with people uh, getting in and, and missing some of the shows, but I think you already put a positive spin on that. Yeah, I back that I saw after was a number of people saying how much they thought it, the QR codes um, that were on the badges worked, and that was the thing, as far as I understand it, that was causing the delay. That they had to print it off and put it on there. The problem is if you've got you know twice the number of people booking a ticket um, as turning up, you don't want to print out all of those you know tickets um, or name badges and then end up with loads left over. So they had to do it as you arrived. Um, I think you know they can work on that system for next time to make it a bit more streamlined. But when you got in there, um, I, I have to say I didn't have mine scanned, um, but the, uh, the people were saying it worked really well, that if you so wanted someone to have your details, they scanned the QR code and, and then you know they, they could access you that way, and that that was really efficient. So, yeah, you know, fine, there, there was a bit of a queue. I think it was about a half-hour wait at one point trying to trying to get people in. Um, but I'm sure they will learn from that for next time um, and, you know, try and uh, find other ways to make it work. But the alternative is you buy your ticket, and I don't think that we would have such a good event if it was a paid-for ticket. I think sometimes, you know, people want that flexibility of just being able to turn up. And they can, you know, equally as not to turn up, they they can just go, oh, I'll tell you what, actually, I am now free, I'm going. So, so yeah, I, I don't think it was the end of the world. Um, I think it's, um, you know, it was it was just a slight inconvenience for, for people. Um, and they, they definitely benefited. Once they were through the door, uh, that was forgotten. And they went and got their ice cream and it was all good. I suppose there is a happy medium there, I suppose, in that you could potentially do it so you pay a pound uh, in advance and you get your, your ticket sent out to you with your QR code on in advance. Yeah. If you're not bothered about having a QR code, you can just turn up. I suppose there's a medium there, but that's not for us to say um, uh, we are not organising these events that take a hell of a lot of organising. So let's just finish up then, because back on the last episode of The Green Room, uh, we did say we were going to do a, a, an immediate review of my performance of the day on the <laughs> and we didn't because I went home um, <laughs> but I, I think that I did record episode 100 there I thoroughly enjoyed it but as someone that uh, sat through and enjoyed that 30 minutes Chris I'd, uh, what was your feedback on on seeing this with the podcast recorded live I thought it was really good um, I uh, yeah I thought it it worked like it does normally you know you, you didn't lose anything not being on the screen um or engaging in in that way um the you know the the two richards um speak well uh and you know you you did your usual engaging and, and questioning and talking through and yeah um everybody in the room seemed to like it there were some giggles there were some laughs a couple of groans uh and a pop at bob what what more do you need um so so yeah it was I, I, it was nice it was a real sort of family feel and the you know if we're looking at you attracting big names in the industry um there, there were a good few recognizable faces in that room um that were, were clearly keen to come and see what you what you were doing so you know yeah everybody everybody should uh do the same next time because i'm sure we'll do it again I was I was genuinely pleased uh, with people that turned up because I was against the likes of Lou Walsh and Ray Seagrave. Uh, and I think it was, um, I forget who else, or someone else on the same time, but I was against these people. Um, and and to you know, almost fill out the room, I was I was pretty pleased with. So big thank you to everyone that come along and watched. I enjoyed it. Uh, um, I would be happy to do it again, but I'm now wondering, is there room for another another event uh, an instructor podcast live annual event 
on a stage. That's something to ponder. What more do you thoughts be on that, Chris? Do you reckon there's room for another event in the industry like that? One, one of my favourite podcasts um, is or was, I haven't listened to it for a while, but The Infinite Monkey Cage, and they used to go out and do, you know, it was like a, a live show with a, a panel of people, um, and then that would get you know, cut into a into a podcast episode. Um, and I, I think you could have a similar kind of feel. Um, pick, pick the right people for it and engage with the audience. Um, I think it, it could go really well. So, uh, So, yeah, why not? If you would uh, you would like to come and witness the instructor the podcast live, let me know. Let's see if there is a market for it. That might be a twenty twenty four job. We'll see. Um, anything else you want to touch on uh, around the Intelligent Instructor Expo, or, or anything else just while we're wrapping up? Um, no, I just want to say thank you to the Richards um, for you know for actually the effort that they put in, and everybody from the ADI and JC. Um, cause I know it's, it's not an easy thing to, to put on an event like that. Um, it's stressful and a lot of hard work. Uh, so yeah, you know, it, it's definitely appreciated. It's definitely valued and, uh, long may it last. So, so yes, um, if you didn't go, I look forward to seeing you there next time. Well, we'll be there. Will it? They're uh, off to Nottingham next year. Yes. Yeah, d- different location. F- further for me to travel, but I'm sure it's still worth a while. Closer for me. I think it's about 30 minutes closer. But either way. Um, but no, also, thank you to you, Chris. Thank you for joining me for on this, this little uh, post-episode 100 wrap-up. Uh, and uh, yeah, I appreciate your time, as always. Always a pleasure. So a big thank you to Richard, Richard and Chris for joining me on today's show. And a big thank you to you guys for listening. Now, if you attended the expo and you either watched the record and you saw me on the panel shows at the start of the day, or you came to say hello, big thank you to you guys. As I mentioned previously, it really is appreciated. And I appreciate listening to this podcast. Feedback is always welcome. You know where to find me. You can find all the stuff in the show notes. I'd also really appreciate if you took a bit of time to share this episode. It is the 100th ever episode of the podcast. And I think the more people we can reach, the more people can help, the better. But I did mention that I'll tell you a little bit about premium at the end of the show. So here we go. Now, premium is for those of you that like the podcast and want more. It's for those of you that want to look at different ways that you can improve yourself and or your business. So the biggest and best thing, in my opinion, about the premium content is all the extra bonus exclusive content that you get. So for example, at the minute, there are free monthly shows with other people. So Sam Harper does her ADI Mindfulness podcast, Bob Morton has his Being Better with Bob podcast, and Robin Bates has his Growing Your ADI Audience podcast. Now, these are every month, and they're exclusive to premium members. There's also other shows that have guests, people like the Standards Check Checklist. That's where I get a different trainer in to look at different competences within the Standards Check. And Driving Business is another popular one, where we look at the business side of running a driving school. There's more with guests as well, but there's also some solo shows that I do. Alternative Roots is possibly the most popular show I do, and that is just me offering different ways that you can take your driving school or you can approach to running a driving school. And as I mentioned, there's a whole host of different shows around that. The best way to find out is to check it out. But there's also a lot of bonuses so for example you get a 10 pound discount on bob morton's client set of learning you get a 16 percent discount on go roadie you get a 50 percent discount on the adi pdi doctor and there are also discounts to be had on coaching for geeks turbo and sand harper's mindfulness courses so you can see just by being over there you get this wealth of content that's currently over 60 exclusive shows already over there as well as new stuff added every month and you get all these bonuses the best way to check it out head over to www.theinstructorpodcast.com go click on the premium section and you can have a look at some of the shows if you've got any questions feel free to get in touch i'm happy to answer but all that awesome stuff for £10 a month sounds pretty good to me. Really proud of what we're creating over there, uh, and I'll be delighted if you check it out. And as of anything I do, if you check it out 
and you don't like it within a week or so, let me know. I'll happily refund you your £10 back and uh, and you can be on your merry way. So that's www.theinstructorpodcast.com. But for now, I'm going to love you and leave you and I look forward to you joining me for episode two. The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook. Talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them.